0: A world where there's so much noise and information. One podcast is on a mission to cut the fluff and get strategic, a place where you receive the latest tips to expanding your leadership, optimizing your business, and ways to become a truly peak performance human. Now, get ready as your host, Jake Havron, is here to help you live... The strategic life.
1: It was just five years ago. I remember it so vividly. I was working as a nurse in the ER, emergency room of a hospital. And it was very calm. People were doing their paperwork, getting little things here and there done. And out of nowhere, the doors bust open. A stretcher comes through with some nurses and a doc. And there's this man on the stretcher that had a heart attack. He was in a coma. And we just did our our protocol. We did our procedure. We got up, took care of him, you know, with urgency, did the right procedures, gave him the right prescriptions, made sure all his vitals were good. And it was about a few days later where he was awake again and out of his coma. His family was there. They were mourning. And I was sitting there and I was meeting this man and I was talking with him and I was going over his discharge which is basically when you're getting them ready to be out of the hospital. And I was telling him the right exercises to do, so I'm going through it, and i was saying, okay, so you're going to take it really easy here. Nothing strenuous. Uh, your heart obviously just went through a big attack. And, uh, you know, showing him the different things on just the walking around, how to, you know, move around and, and not put pressure on his heart. And I would say, uh, does that make sense? And he's like, yeah, yeah, it does make sense. I see that. Okay. All right, let's go through nutrition. Um, you gotta avoid these types of foods that could raise your blood pressure. Foods that have a lot of sodium, processed foods, canned foods. Uh, you follow with me on this so far, sir? He's like, yeah, yeah, totally. I gotta, I gotta got cut the, I gotta cut the bad junk out. Totally understand. But like, okay. And we went through the prescriptions. Now as a nurse, obviously that's, you know, what we had to do. We had to make sure this guy was taken care of and his heart was able to be properly, um, medicated so he was able to recover faster. And so I'm going through the prescriptions, telling them when to take it, a.m. and p.m., twice a day, three times a day, you know, two pills, three pills. And I was like, I, I hope, am I going too fast for you? I want to make sure you're understanding
0: this. And he's like, no, 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 I got it. I got it. Just put some notes down there. I got it. I was like, okay. So after all of that, I let him go. He gets out of the hospital. On with our day. I was excited. I felt I felt good. I helped a human. This is all I knew at that time. And if you know my story, it was a few months later
1: where the same man came in with another heart attack. And it took me a couple seconds to realize that. But when I saw him and the the, the face connected, that's what tore my soul, even though I didn't really know what that meant at that time. But it made me go on a different path. Now, I share this message with you here today because we're going to be diving into influential skills that when you master these, you will create more success. And if you listen to the story closely enough, you would realize that in that conversation with that man, I was using these things called
0: test closes. When I was asking him, does that make sense? Are you following me? Am I going too fast?
1: If you realize that, because I didn't realize that at that time, but if you realize that what I was doing is I was building influence and rapport with him to make sure that I'm not losing him. And the truth of this story is, not every time will it come out with a positive outcome. For some reason, I don't know the details, he probably didn't follow through
0: with it. And that's why he had another heart attack. Right? Because we gave him the right answers, but that didn't lead to the solution that he was wanting. What I'm here to
1: share with you today is how you can maximize these test clothes. Because back then, five years ago, I had no clue what this was. It was kind of a natural influence. You know how when people say they just have like a natural talent to them or a natural instinct? I wasn't really personally developed growing up. I didn't really understand my internal battles of positive and negative thoughts and confidence. I actually had a lot of lack of confidence. But what I did realize is I knew how to do some test closes. However, when I really learned all of the types of test closes, and we're going to go over three main types of test close today. That allowed me to feel more confident when I'm doing sales. That allowed me to feel more empowered when I'm speaking to teams or companies or audiences, because even in that you want to test close. Or even if I'm talking one on one in conversation with a friend. Maybe my partner, my significant other, or maybe even just someone that I'm building a friendship with that I just met today and I want to make sure that we are on the same page and I use these test closes. This is the game changer I found that makes me feel much more comfortable because when I can do a test close, what it's saying to me subconsciously is it's saying, Jake, you're doing a good job. This person's following with you, continue. And what it's also saying to them is... Hey, pay attention, make sure you're listening because he's going to ask you these questions and you don't want to sound like a fool not following along because the truth is is human brains are like a computer and you don't want to type out this whole giant text and not do a submit or an enter to send the text and then everything gets deleted because it's now it's just this big message that no one wants to read, right? You instead want to send a little message, a text message, you submit it, which is like a test close. You get a response back and then you continue. That's like a proper way of conversating. But what if you could do that for the brain as well? What if you could conversate with the brain by using test closes? Because I'll, I'll get into detail here in a second, but I have to give one more example. Think about the last time you've listened to a speaker or maybe even a podcast or maybe even just a friend that talked on and on and on. And they were giving you all the best facts and examples and details. And they were sharing all these stories but they didn't test close or they lost you. And now maybe that makes sense why they lost you. Cause they didn't ask you guys follow me. Like, does that make sense? Like who here raise a hand? Does that make sense? Like that is test clothes that keeps you engaged because it's keeping your brain engaged. So just imagine when you start using test clothes, when you're conversating in every single area of your life, it's not just always business. Remember this will be great in business, but this is even better in personal life too. So with that, let's dive into the three main types of test closes. Now, I have about 10 examples, so you're going to definitely want to take notes here. You're going to want to write these down, because if you write these down, you could practice them every day, because what's going to happen is right away, you're going to be consciously incompetent, meaning that you're going to know these test closes, but you're not going to be really good at it. And then once you practice a little more, you're going to be consciously competent, meaning that you could do it. But you have to focus on it. You're consciously putting energy to it to be good at it. But what happens is eventually you'll be subconsciously competent, meaning you're doing these test closes second nature. You're doing them feeling so natural and genuine where you're never going to guess that, oh, my gosh, am I coming off as disingenuine? Trust me, you will not. That's my affirmation right now for you. You will not because most people don't even know what this is. And most people respect this. Just as I was on a call a couple of days ago with someone I just did a big partnership with to speak for their company, she understands sales. She's bringing me into sales, and I was on the phone, and uh, she was like, "Well, tell me about you know what you're going to do. We need to get the the details and all." I was like, "Well, we're going to go over you know influence scales and, and and test closes and objections and 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 uh, you know handling from the beginning of the call to the very end of the call, all of that." I was like, "Does that make sense?" And she was like, "Yeah." And I was like, "Yeah, you know this is going to be really exciting. Um, I'm very grateful." Um, you know, for this and just, just let me know if there's anything else you need from me. Okay. Does that sound good to you? And she was like, yeah. And she caught me right there. She's like, ah, I see you. She's like, you're making test closes right now. I was like, I was like, yes, I am. And she's like, I like it. I was like, it's very genuine. She's like, that's, that's good. I mean, that's what I was. she was like. I want you to train that to my team. And I was like, okay. Well, that's, you felt this genuine nature because I made it subconsciously competent. I'm not trying to like be like a robot and, and say, does that make sense? Are you guys following me? No, that's not how it is. So let's dive into this. So the three types of test closes are, number one, yes-oriented responses, meaning when you ask this question, you want it to be basically a yes. I'll give you guys all the examples here in a second, but I want you to write these three main ones. So it's yes-oriented. The second one is no-oriented test closes. You know, sometimes it's not actually, not sometimes, almost all the time, it's better to have them say no, because no gives the personal power to them because we're so often trained to say yes in the sense of like, oh, if we say yes, we're going to get sold on something. So if you give them the power to say no, they actually feel more in control and they will have more rapport and response to you. So there's some no-oriented questions that you can ask. And then the third one is future pacing responses and this is going to get really interesting because when you master this you'll be really really good at influence. So without further ado, let's dive into the yes oriented responses. I'm just going to go through the list here. This is my like hack for you guys. Just write it down, practice it. I'll give some examples. But number 1 is does that make sense? One of the easiest ones that I say all the time is like you give a lot of answers, you give a lot of info to them and you're like does that make sense? And my little pro tip is you want to have a downward inflection when you ask that, right? Does that make sense? See so how it goes sense instead of sense? Does that make sense? It's like almost insinuating the question so it even builds more rapport. So then when they say, yeah, okay, and then you continue. So does that make sense? Second one, you following with me. See, once again, downward inflection. When you want to have a question in there, especially when you really want to uh, insinuate the question, you have a downward inflection. So, you following with me. So, when I'm talking with a prospect and I'm telling them about my program or my services and I'm saying, you know, you're going to be getting this type of consulting. We're going to be doing uh, twice a month. We're going to be meeting up. You're getting time with me in between. Is, you following with me so far? See, so yeah, I just do whatever feels natural. You following me? You following with me so far?
0: Whatever feels better for you? And they'll say, yeah, got it. Totally. Cool. So, that's number two. The third one is, how does that sound? So
1: I have upward inflection right from the get-go. How, like I say, how does that s- sound? Downward inflection, okay? We'll go into tonality another podcast, but right now I just want to make sure you guys understand this. If you can take those notes, then great. But how does that sound? There's three yes-oriented responses that you want to
0: really maximize as much as you can. It's sound, feel, and look. Why is that? Well, those are your
1: senses and most people hear things really well, feel things really well, kinesthetic, or see things really well, visual. So when you understand who this person is, or if it's an audience and you can use all of them, right? But most times people are visual, but you will meet someone that likes to hear things. They want to, they want to talk with you. You might have people that need a paper in their hand so you can tell right away they're kinesthetic. So you want to really insinuate those those test closes that match what their learning ability is. So those ones will be, which is number three. How does that sound? Number four, which is how does that feel? So when I'm saying, let me put this in real time perspective. Uh, okay. So I'm going to come into your guys's group. We're going to train your team. You got about 75 real estate agents in there. Uh, we're going to, you know, train them on influence skills. I'm going to make sure the personal development's on point. We're going to deal with them. How does, how does that feel so far? Very natural. Right? Oh, it feels good. You'll hear when they say it too, especially when they respond and says it feels good, they're really in alignment because now they're showing that they do feel it. But if they say, It sounds good, now you gotta take a mental note and be like, Oh, they're more they're more audible. So next time I'll say, How does that sound? Oh, that sounds really good. Take notes on these, right? This is something like if you're not taking note right now, please rewind this, go back to this because This is honestly one of those, those influence skills and influence is when you're putting the outcome for them as the best benefit. Not for yourself. Remember that it's manipulation. If you're doing it for yourself, these are skills that you could use no matter if you're in the sales position, the leadership position, or you're just a stay at home mom with kids working with them, maybe doing a little side hustle. Like it's totally fine. You can
0: use these, all of that. So how does that feel? How does that sound? And then you could put for number five. Do you see that? Like, you know, this is, uh, we're going to have this team be built.
1: This, this team's going to be fully organized by the end of this. Uh, they're going to have this outcome, this outcome, this outcome because of X, Y, and Z. Do you see that? That's how you really ingrain that visual aspect because I'm not going to now going to start visualizing that. And the last one of the yes oriented responses. Wouldn't you agree? And that one is interesting because not every time you want to use it. However, it is a very high level rapport builder. It just sounds very, it sounds more sophisticated. So I say, yeah, you know, I mean, if, if we brought in this, this training and help your team and serve them, like your team's going to go off to the next level. And that's something that's really what this company wants. Wouldn't you agree? Very natural, right? So you're just going to practice these words. What I recommend is saying them out loud, feeling it like like think about your own business or your profession or industry, or if you have like a team that you got to train this to, like think about the profession they're in and start feeling out the words because you want it to be second nature, where it goes from what you're talking about to the test close real quick. Remember, these test closes are to keep rapport to make sure their brain is processing everything and they're staying on point with you, which means a better outcome for both of you together. Okay, So that's yes-oriented responses. Now, no, no-oriented responses are just as good, if not more powerful, but sometimes they're a little tough to do. Sometimes they're a little harder to find the right place to do, uh, which is totally fine. But if you can use the no-oriented responses, you'll find a lot of success that comes from it because people aren't used
0: to saying no, especially in building influence with another person. So here's some of them. I got three for you. Number one. Am I
1: going too fast? By the way, am I, am I going too fast on this podcast? You're probably like, no, Jake, like keep talking. <laughs> that would, that is, a, that's a no-oriented response, right? Am I going too fast? Especially if you're talking and, and you're sharing maybe your, your product, your service, uh, you're sharing a different idea to your team, to your boss, to your leader, to your coworkers. You just say, Hey, am I, am I going too fast? Right? Like kind of have it like as like a friendly, uh, tonality. They're like, am I going too fast? No, 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 no. keep going. I got it. We're taking notes. Okay, cool. And then continue. That's a great test. Close makes them feel like they they don't want to be too slow. Is what you're saying. You're not saying, but it's the most genuine way of saying it, right? Am I going too fast? Number two, is this sounding too complex? See how I put the word sound. If they're an audible learner, you want to have it say sounding. If they're a visual, if they're a visual learner, then have it say is this looking. Too complex. If they're a tactile kinesthetic learner, say, is this feeling too complex? Once again, you learn those skills and what they are by what they say. So if they say, yeah, it sounds good. Or yeah, you know, I could really see this project working the way it should. Or I could see my team growing. You already know their visual if they see it. Yeah, I could hear my team telling me they're going to love this. You know, I could just, I could hear the conversations that we're having. They're an audible learner, right? So that's going to help you make these These test closes, depending on who they are, you want to match them. You want to speak to their language, right? It's no point if I'm going to speak Spanish to you. If you only speak English, obviously, if I have some Spanish um, listeners here, then that'd be totally fine. But the the language has to match and the tonality and the test closes will help with that.
0: The third of the no oriented responses are,
1: am I losing you? Now, this one, once again, is just testing them in the sense of they don't want to be lost. They don't want to feel like they're, you know, you're almost saying that, hey, like, are you keeping up? But it's the most genuine way of saying it. So you say, am I losing you? No, no, no. Good. Keep going. OK, awesome. I just want to make sure. All right. Let's continue. Right. Just add a little like fun lightness in there. OK, just want to make sure like after they say, no, no, you're not losing me. Those are no oriented responses. Now, remember, there's so many others that you could have in here. I want to keep it not too complex for you, but I want to make sure that you understand the ones that work best for me because I literally use every single one of these. Okay? The third and final area of test closes is future pacing responses. Now, I didn't want to get too much in detail on the future pacing because that's actually a whole different type of influential skill that we could dive in, in another podcast. However, these are great test closes because it sees when you say the right ones, it sees where that person is, what they are seeing, hearing, or feeling. So when you use this future pace, you usually want to use it towards, let's say, at least the halfway onward of your conversation. You don't want a future pace too early, but there are, there actually are abilities to do that. However, let's just keep it straight to the point. Okay. So. Future pacing responses sound like, and I have two of these. Number
0: one, say we did move forward. What would be the first thing we'd focus on? Or what would be the first thing we'd work on? Or what would be the first outcome you're looking for, right? Say we did move forward. What would be the first thing we would work on? Wow. What does that create for that person? Well, now through their mind, they're thinking, well, we're going to be,
1: uh, we'll definitely have a meeting. I want to tell you all about our details of our team. I want to tell you about how our business works. Uh, you know, we'll probably do a two hour deep dive because I feel like if we're going to have to go into this, uh, we got to start off like super deep right away. That way we're just on the same page. We're moving forward. They're giving you all these answers from that one good question and they're future pacing it. So what are they doing to their subconscious mind? They're making this partnership, this relationship, this transaction, this whatever the communication you're having with this person more real in their mind. And it hasn't been real yet, right? You didn't do the deal yet. That's why you're kind of like test closing. Even if you're speaking on stage and you say, let me ask you guys a question. You're going to think about this in your head. What would it look like if you went full out all in hundred percent at this event? What would that look like for your business in the next three to 12 months? Just think about that for a second simmer on it. And like, even though they're not going to give you responses, you're future pacing in their minds, so then they can realize if they play full out at this event or at your workshop or at your team training, they're going to see those results because they perceive the results, not you saying you're going to have this. You're allowing them to have those answers come through their head. You see that with me? That was a test close, by the way. <laughs> and the second future pacing test close and the future pacing response is.
0: If you achieved X result, where would business or life be a year from now? Very similar to the first one, but just slightly different. If you achieved losing the 30 pounds that you wanted to lose, what would your relationship look like that you told me about earlier? One year from now. If you achieve making your first $100,000 in business, what would your life look like one year from now? What would your life look like by the end when you do achieve that 100000 It doesn't always have to be a year. If you achieved, speaking at your first event, how many other events do you see will follow after that first one because of the momentum? There's on and on examples we could
1: go with this, but this is an incredible test close Because when you are talking with this person, now remember, it's usually halfway onward when you build some good rapport, you understand them, they shared their pains, you shared some ways that you could work with them. You know, this is just I'm talking sales now, but if you're in a team training and people are sharing all the different things that are happening in the business, you could say, all right, I I totally get what's the situation and why we need to fix the solution. Now, let me ask each and every one of you in this room right now. If we were to get this one problem solved, this one problem of this, this communication error we're having and why the culture is being dispersed and we're going to implement this system and that system. Just, just think about this. What would the company look like? How would things feel when you walk into these doors? Where, what would you be hearing now instead of before? Like, I want everyone to think about that for one minute and then let's get some examples. I want to hear that. That is a powerful test close on future pacing that you can do in your team. Really, really powerful. So I just gave you two examples. You only really need two. If you can think of other ones, great. Now, these are not always the most perfect ones you can use. There will be slight variation. You'll change the words up a little bit. That's totally fine. What matters is you say it naturally and you allow it to be part of you, second nature, so you don't even think about it. And just like that conversation I had with the new partnership for the company I'm speaking with when I said, uh, would you agree? She caught me on that because she understands sales, but she was like, that was really good. I see it. I, I want you to t- train my team to do that. That's what I want you to have because if you have that, you will be a better leader in your team. You will be a better leader in your company. You will be a better coworker with the people around you. You will have better conversations with your spouse or your significant other. You will also have better conversations with your kids. If you have kids right now, you better believe by test closing them because their brains are even more short attention span than ours. If you're doing test close, you're keeping their attention span longer.
0: That's what these do. So let's review this just to make sure this really sits in. Is that okay with you? Another the test close. You got it? I didn't
1: actually say that one. Is that okay with you? That's a good one. It gets your permission. Remember,
0: yes-oriented responses. Does that make sense? You following with me? How does that sound? How does that feel? Do you see that? Wouldn't you agree? And then the new one I just added in there. Is that okay with you? No oriented responses. Am I going too fast? Is this sounding too complex? Am I losing you? And then lastly, future pacing responses. Say we did move forward. What would that, the first thing we'd focus on be? And the second one, if you achieved X result, where would your life or business be like 12 months from now? Those are the test closes that are going to equip you to be that next level leader, to equip you to be that more
1: influential leader. And unfortunately, like my situation in the beginning where I use some of those test closes, you know, subconsciously with that man that was on the bed, I had a heart attack. Unfortunately, not every time do you get a positive outcome. Not every time when you do the right things, you will get the right results. I want to make that very clear. There will still be the wrong outcomes, the no's coming at you, the team's still struggling, even when you do the right things. But the more that you do the right things consistently, your chances and your probability of getting the right outcome drastically increases. And so my question for you is, Is it worth it to you to learn these skills once and for all to make it subconsciously competent so you can increase your probabilities of being more successful in everything you do? If that's a yes, then my job here is done because I want you to take these test closes, use them today, and start seeing a difference in the way that you influence people all around you. We're at the end of this show today, but... Let's keep the conversation going. If you receive massive value, not mediocre value, but massive value from this episode, then if you would, go to Apple Podcasts and leave a personal review right now as your review may be the one that inspires someone to start living their strategic life. It's as simple as opening up the podcast app, search up this podcast, and scroll down to rate and review, and there you go. Also, if you share this podcast in your Instagram stories and tag me, at Jake Cavron, I'd love to connect with you. All right, that's it. This is Jake Cavron, signing off, Oh, remember this, my friend. Go create your strategic life. See you in the next episode.